It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Three, two, one. <laughs> I got him before you started. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Welcome to Barely in Topic. I'm here this week. I'm VA. I'm here this week with Jeff and Tim. Hi, everyone. Hi. And the last time we left you, we were riding high upon a 19 game point streak. And uh, we recorded the morning of that game against Pittsburgh. And then. Everything fell apart. Yeah, it did. It got bad there. Apparently, the injury bug still wasn't, still hasn't left us. We still are infected by it a little bit. There should be a vaccine for it. <laughs> we need like some like eradication of this because this is two years in a row of like the insane, crazy injuries. So the streak ended. But luckily, the losing streak has also ended, so that's a, that's a good thing. So what happened was they went into a three-game skid against Pittsburgh, where they lost 4-2, to two, at the Columbus Blue Jackets, that they lost 7-4. to four. Ouch. At Winnipeg, they lost 4-3. to three. But the most important thing, I think, in all of that was that it wasn't just losing the games. In that Pittsburgh game, they lost Matt Grizzlick, and they reached critical mass for injuries at that point. Yeah, because at that stage, they were, what, missing Kevin Miller and Marcus Pasternak and um, uh, Johansson, right? Yes, and DeBrusque. 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 Oh, oh, I wasn't sure DeBrusque was out already at that point. Okay, so, yeah. So they lost Grizzlick, and then the next game, Krug gets concussed as well. Yep, yep. It's interesting given, like, I remember I didn't, I didn't see any of those three games for various reasons. But I remember seeing at the end of the after the Columbus game, people were really, really ragging on Krug, and I understand he did have an impossibly bad game, like on goal on on ice for five goals against or something horrible like that. Yeah, it makes me wonder when the concussion happened. Cassidy said it was late concussion, but he played badly all game, so who knows? Yeah, so I think it was critical mass when we lost Grizzlick. Then it got worse when we lost Krug, and somehow yep. or another. That that score in that Winnipeg game doesn't really indicate how much the Bruins were really in it or not. They just put, played poorly during this stretch. They did. And they had the injuries, and it's really hard when you're trying to juggle things. And then they sent down Peter Solarik, and they brought up Paul Carey. Paul Carey, a 30-year-old career AHLer, on his second time with the Bruins. He, of course, his previous stint with the Bruins was he, he was part of the, uh, of the Jordan Caron for, for, for Hobo Joe trade. Oh, my. <laughs> Well, he is a local boy too, so. His wife was playing for was playing for for BU soccer team at the time, or something like that, or something to that effect. I made the exact details wrong. There was something wife related and soccer related, which made it all very nice story because he got to live, be living in this, be living at least to his wife, given that of course he was playing for the Bruins. But well, Providence is forty five minutes to so an hour down the road, so. I mean, in Kerry's defense, he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't, like, been great. <laughs> yeah. And he's 30. he's 30. Like, he is what he is at this point. He's not going to change. No, I know. I, it was just a curious person to call up when there are other people who should be called up. All right. Last week, I said in another place, I said that Jake DeBrusque was critical to this team. I don't know what it is. Because he doesn't even have to score a freaking goal or anything. But Jake DeBrus being on this team, his joie de vivre. Well, that's just, I think the, the, the pure joy that he's having every moment he's on the ice, I think, is, is infectious, is, is what it is. Yes, yes. So the joie de vivre. <laughs> anyway, I think that uh, the minute he came back, the Bruins' fortunes turned. Because they beat Columbus Blue Jackets at home, 2-1. to one, and then last night, and we got to talk about this a little bit because presumably we all watched this, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, last night they killed, killed, like murder dead the Isles, five to zero. Holy fuck! That Isles were so bad. How are they? How are they leading the the, the, the uh, Metro? At one point, I said, "Did they play last night?" Because they looked like they played last <laughs> night, and they didn't. They didn't. That's what's scary. 
they they just look like they hadn't played hockey in a while and that they weren't going to and they didn't want to. 13 shots on goal. They had 13 shots on Tuka Rask last night. That was it. And it was said last night. That was probably the most complete game the Bruins played from start to finish. It's hard to make that necessarily judge. The Bruins were good, but the the Isles, I think, I mean, they also completely shut the Isles down, but the Isles were that bad. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Bruins were really good, but the Isles were really bad. So I don't want to use this as any barometer on how the Bruins are, except that, yay, two wins in a row. This is awesome. And Tuca got to have his shutout, the fourth one for him this season. That is great. But can we just talk about how my boys? Your boys? Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, Carlo continues to be the destructive force that he's become. I wanted, I wanted to give all your boys credit. That's why I started with Carlo. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Because I was immediately going for, like, Corrali. I know. I know. I know. I'm just going to lead with that. Nick Corrali, two goals. Two goals. And then Achari in between those. And the fourth line was broken up. They weren't playing together. No. Corrali was centering the third line with um, Bacchus and who's North, the other person? Oh, oh, Heinen. No. No. Did they dress Carey last night? I mean, apart from Corrali's two goals, the rest of that line was utterly irrelevant. I know that much. Because I don't ever remember even seeing Bacchus on the ice, but apparently he played almost the exact same minutes as the rest of his line. Oh, Corrali was centering the third line. Yeah, he was centering yeah. Bacchus and somebody. Achari was centering Nordstrom and Wagner. Line. I don't think so. Okay, well... Anyway, there's a bottom there's a bottom six winger that we're failing to account for here. So <laughs> that, that's how memorable they are. Yeah, and you know who it is? <laughs> it's the mayor, uh, Wags. Wags was on the third line with Heinen, and um, Nordstrom, Achari, Bacchus was the fourth. Oh, okay. But well, we're still missing someone. It's important to note that Corelli and Achari reunited at some point on the ice for a few times. So that they did damage that wasn't goal scoring, but it was fine. Coyle was on the second line with DeBrusque and Krejci. So we're still missing a, 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 a winger on the third line. Okay. <laughs> no, well, Wags and Heinen. Wag, uh, Wagner. The mayor. Oh, right. Pasta was back. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. I kept thinking Heinen was on the first line. I forgot that Pasta was back last night. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Pasta was back. It was his first game back after missing 16 with the left thumb ligament, tendon, whatever it was. Anyway, he was back, and you know what? He couldn't really hit the broadside of a barn last night, and I didn't care because secondary scoring was happening. I mean, it wasn't all secondary scoring, but man, you got Corrali, and then you had Achari in the second, and then you had Corrali again, and then you had Bergy, and then, oh my God, that beautiful goal by Jake DeBrusque coming right out of the penalty box. It was so Marchand-esque. Oh my god, he did it was like textbook of what you're supposed to do when you get out of the penalty box. Jump out of the box, completely strip the guy down, and then just like, okay, I'm gonna go have a shootout goal in regular play. <laughs> his straight ahead speed is insane. The big thing there is his acceleration. It's not just his speed as he gets there fast. There's a lot of fast players that don't have a great first couple strides. DeBrusque has a good top speed, but it's his first it's his first three strides, which are ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. If he keeps playing like that, there could be a lot more pregnancies in the Boston area. Oh, yeah. You know, because I, I oh, my God, that goal. That was, that was amazing. I mean, all of the goals last night were amazing in some respect. I mean, Corrali hadn't scored since January 18th or something, since he was wearing the bubble, the fishbowl. Achari just like... Just says not just stealing the puck, but I'm pretty sure he pushed it. He punched. He punched his fist through through Cal Clutterbuck's chest and ripped out his heart at the same time. Yeah, that play was great, and it shows how valuable Achari can be on the defensive side as well. Oh man, it's just it's so much fun, just so much fun. And I feel like you know Achari shone last night, or shone he shined last night. Whatever, whatever the past tense of that is, because. Fellow Johnstonian Lou Lamorello was watching in a box upstairs. To be fair, I'm pretty sure Lou actually sleeps in a box. He's that old. He was awake for part of it. They showed him. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that, that game last night, it, it, the Isles, 
you, they needed the two points. They needed them badly, and they just they flopped like a fish on the ice. Well, here's the thing, too. You know, so um, Pittsburgh only got a point last night against the um, the Canes. If had Pittsburgh won that game, they would only have been one point behind the Isles, and Isles would have not just lost lost first in the division, but would have lost home ice advantage altogether. Oh gosh. Gosh, yeah. Now I don't like rooting for Pittsburgh, but I kind of wanted to see that happen because I, I, I'm not—I'm not pretty. I don't think I'm ready for the Isles not to be farcical, which is why I'm really itching for them to lose all three of Jordan Eberle, Anders Lee, and um, Brock Nelson in free agency this summer. Oh, and Robin Lehner. Wow, you are mean. You are a mean, man, Jeff. Islander? No, no, no. Islanders fan got to win. Got to win four cups in, in a row. They—they they, they, they don't need better. That was a long time ago. Are we really going to like? Oh, no, we we do that. We don't. We do that. Yeah, because like the Leafs haven't won since before any of us were born, and have it's been like twenty five years or something. So, woohoo! Anyway, okay. You know what? I I don't care. I don't care what happens to the Isles. It's true. I'm curious to see what's going to happen to the Blue Jackets. I want them to stay in the playoffs because I feel like. They did a lot of maneuvering, and I just want to see how that works out. Well, that's just it. If they drop out of the playoffs, that's full-on apocalypse. Like, as in everyone gets fired for that shit. Everyone. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to see that. I'm not, I'm not that bad of a bad sport. I'm just curious. I want to see if they, if, if they can win a first round. That's great. That might not get everybody fired. So, I, I don't know. I, I don't have any ill will toward them. I, the only ill will I have towards Columbus is that their seats are too, they're not wide enough. Not, I mean, like, not, like, wide enough for my fat ass. That's not what I'm talking about. They're, like, I am not tall enough that I should feel like my knees are going to go over the seat in front of me. God, miserable there, then. You you could not watch a game. Not in Loge, or their version of Loge in in, um, in Columbus. You couldn't do it. You'd have to stand the whole time. Seriously. Oh, so no leg room. There's, yes, that's the word. There's no leg room. There's no well, leg there's- room. All my heights between my hips and my knees, too. So, like, knee room's a real problem for me almost anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you would be freaking miserable. You would, in Columbus, in those seats. So, I'm just saying, I'm not very tall, and I was having problems being comfortable there. So, that's my only problem. And when I went to a game there, they didn't even score goals, so I didn't even get to see the cannon or hear the cannon or whatever. So, I have to go back so I can get that thing about Columbus is they're a wild card too, which is, uh, I mean, at least look at to play some first round games. They're going to be against Tampa in the first round. Oh, shit. Mm. Well, maybe they can bang them up. Bang up Tampa. Let's do it. Come on, Columbus. Just beat them up. That's too bad because I don't dislike Columbus and I would really like, I would, if Columbus could somehow knock out or push Tampa to like more than four, more than five games. Make it a six-game series. That would be pretty nice. There's also the thing they did just sign to their prospect goalie out of um, uh, Latvia, um, uh, Elvis Merzlikens. His name's Elvis, which means they probably should be playing in the Cup final against either Vegas or Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> Even yeah. if he's only a black ace. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Just scrap the playoff format. Just put those, you know, one of those two Western Conference ones in in the final, and then and then the Blue Jackets. There you go. Oh man! And then like. Before the game, they can have someone dressed in all goalie gear with that jersey singing an Elvis song, being the Elvis impersonator. (laughs) 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 Oh, that that team's going to have a lot of fun with with, when they have matchups with with one of those two teams in in future years because, like. Merzlikens isn't going to play in the playoffs, right? It's, it's still Bobrovsky's team I, for now. I know. I know. But uh, we can dream. Aren't know, we a we bunch can. of dreamers? That's like our whole show. We're dreamers. I mean, you mean, you mean like my fanfic about half an hour ago about the end of, uh, end of Hags' career? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to talk about that? So, so, so Hag, some uh, apparently I didn't read it because I don't give him my clicks. 
He, uh, he wrote a, a story today suggesting that maybe the Bruins don't need Tory Krug based on last night's win because he might be the dumbest human being on the fucking planet. Donald Trump not, not, not counting, but Donald Trump's not really a human being. He's a leather bag filled with moldy jello. <laughs> I just want to say that I would love to watch a fight like, between you and, and Hags because I would bet on that on how fast he would go down. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, I bet he'd turtle. He, he, he's obviously a turtler. Yeah. Oh, yes, 100%. Well, speaking of fights, we'll circle back to that, too, because that fight yesterday was hilarious. But... <laughs> <laughs> We're in the fighting part Any... of our, our program. Anyway, so, so yes, after reading this, it's like, this is the dumbest. This, this, is, this was, you know, that's a, that's a hag's take on, on, the pow- on the caliber of stupidity with him two years ago suggesting that Berkey was done. Uh, yeah, or five years that. ago suggesting that Chara getting his real estate license was either that he was going to ask for a trade or going to abruptly retire. Both, neither of which made any fucking sense. It's oh like, my god! Like, I I'm know. sorry, Hags. Did you last time you bought a house? Did you get a real estate license before shopping for it? <laughs> That's not how this works. <laughs> I remember that, and it was just the dumbest thing. It was like Zidane Chara is not used to being injured, and he needed something to do with his brain while he was recuperating. So, what did he do? He studied real estate and got his well. It wasn't a full license. It was just like because he couldn't just practice. Of sorts, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was a license, but he'd have to like do internships or whatever the fuck. So it was hilarious because it was just like only hags would just make that leap. Whereas you know, it's like I didn't know very much about Zdenochar at that point, but I'm like I can understand having intellectual curiosity and maybe business acumen. I can understand that. Right. Well, and here's the thing. Anyway, circling back to this one, it's like there was a defenseman that you could read from that game that is probably doesn't need to be part of the Bruins' future, and it wasn't Tory Krug. It was Kevin Miller because holy shit, Connor Clifton is a fucking fun, fun time. <laughs> yeah, he was playing really well in Providence, and when he was called up, I was kind of disappointed that Vakanainen wasn't called up. But he's he's been fun. He's, there's a Clifton's reason a right. why. Clifton's a right deep. I could easily see the team maybe considering trading Kevin Miller with one year left on his deal this summer. Probably get a second for him, which is pretty good. <laughs> and then have Clifton move into that position, right? Like, it's it's doable. We're getting maybe ahead of ourselves, but, like, my point is, there was a defenseman you could start saying about, asking about the future last night. Krug was not it. Right. Last night was, like, what did we say before? Last night was not a barometer, you know, it was nothing to judge this Bruins team by. It, that was a blip. It was a glorious blip, and I loved it. And they played very well, it's true. But you know what? This team has been playing super well through all of these injuries. And, and they could be scary when everybody comes back. And there's the thing is, with the exception of Kevin Miller, I think we're odds on to get everyone back before the end of this road trip. So we've got DeBrusque back, and we have Pasta. They're both back from various things. But, oh, my God, that beard on Pasta? Seriously. Is he trying to be Jumbo? <laughs> is he trying to do the Brent Burns thing? Because... Uh, no, it's it's way more Patrick Laine last year. You know, the beard that made him look like the guy that got that was a goat that got turned into a person in Stardust. Just just, 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 just filthy and awful. Like, way more filthy and awful than, than, than Jumbo's. Again, Jumbo's beard was excessive, but it was clean and well-manicured and fluffy. Okay, not so much Burns. No, Burns no. Look like it's, Burns looked like you could smell that beard across the room. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want no part of Brent Burns. Sorry. <laughs> Johansson is still out with his lung contusion, but that's okay. He is on the trip, so that yes. means he will probably factor in. And Krug is also on the trip, although he did not skate this morning. Oh, he did skate yesterday, unlike the other. It could be maintenance. Bergie was also not skating today, and that's definitely a maintenance day. So at this point, uh, the team is focusing more on getting the guys the time that they need to recuperate rather than practice because it's late in the season. There are a lot of games and they need to be a little fresh for the playoffs. So maintenance days. Yeah, but I think I saw something specifically said Grizzlick and Johansson might be are about even odds for Saturday. Right. And Grizzlick coming in and he should be back probably by Saturday. His upper body shoulder, we don't really know what the injury itself was, but whatever. And Kevin Miller, we don't know. Yeah, Kevin Miller is sort of like at a, a cone of silence about whatever the fuck it is. He's week to week, all the others are day to day. Yeah, so luckily, if we if we get Krug and Grizzly back, then we don't have to worry too much about 
that last piece because we've got. Well, it's like what, what it does is it pushes more and Camper out of the lineup. Yeah. Right. And I feel like Clifton's playing well enough that he might stay in over them until Miller gets back. I don't know. We'll see. Yep. Well, he's getting like 15 minutes a night. I mean, he's going to stay in longer than Camper would for sure, but uh, he's better than Moore too. So. <laughs> All right. So, so basically, let's just sum this up. We've one forward and three D that are still out and. Three of those players will factor back in soon, which is fantastic. It's I would the one the one injury I was really worried about was Grizzly. It looked like he broke his arm. Like I thought I was worried that it was something like that. Just the way he the way he braced himself against the wall there. I mean, it just looked bad. That 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 that, that Johansson one was hideous too. Like the way he skated off looked like he'd you know broken a clavicle or something or or, or 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 tore a rotator cuff or something awful, right? But. Yeah, I, I, but I don't have any objections with the hit that that caused that between Furland and uh, and Johansson. But horn the Hornquist, yeah, yeah, that was that was a that was a late hit at best. It was unnecessary. So, you know, Jack chose not to discuss that last night when he was pointing out a similar hit. I think that Jack has been told not to say certain things. So, whatever. I mean, you know, I feel like it, it's happened before. Like that time he was told he had to apologize after comparing um, Matt Cook to Sirhan Sirhan. Even though I feel like that was a pretty reasonably apt, apt comparison because it was Matt fucking Cook. May he forever be fucked with the, with the rusty wire brush. <laughs> yes. 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 Let's talk about that fight last night because uh, Zidane Chara is a, a big old man. <laughs> old man, but he's got the wingspan of a California condor. So, like, why would you choose to fight him? It's not not just because he's big and powerful, but it's like he could just hold you out, you know. You know, because it's a standard hockey fight. You grab the one guy's shoulder shoulder with your weak arm and swing with the other. Chara can hold, can straight arm you. You'll just swing your arms like a little T-Rex as he can just reef on you because there's nothing you can do about it. As Matt Martin learned last night, somewhat hilariously, to his credit, though, Chara did have to take him down twice somehow. Which is odd that the fight was allowed to continue after that, to be after the first one, to be honest. Right. Um, <laughs> Matt Martin decided that he wanted to spur his team behind his fists. So he said, let me take on the biggest guy on the ice. And that was Zidane Chara. And Chara's like, all right, whatever, let's go. Basically, Martin got some punches into shoulders, into, you know, a shoulder of Zidane Chara. And then at some point... He went down and then how he didn't stay down after Chara basically was just punching him in the head. I don't know. And as a result, he got himself cracked to the side of the head. A few rabbit punches punches in there to the back of the head too. It's like, it's like, and like this wasn't one of Chara's best fights because like when Chara really wants to fight, people die. This one is just like, please stay down. God damn it. Why am I doing this? You're such a waste of my Time, go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he might have still had a little adrenaline going after Conor McGregor visited them on Saturday and announced they were all embo- enforcers. Oh, you're all fucking enforcers. Whatever. How would he know? Was, <laughs> he admitted that was literally the first hockey game he's ever watched in his life. <laughs> <laughs> he was fired up, though. I absolutely loved it. He was fired up. Oh, he is that such guy. a douchebag, but he is so good at being a douchebag that it's hard to like. It, it's hard to write him off as one. Cocaine's <laughs> a hell of a drug. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that <I> checked out. <laughs> I mean, him on uh, when he was on the intermission report after the first period of that game. Oh my gosh, I, it was hard to follow. Like he was just stuck in a million miles a minute, and then he didn't know like the other team's name, so he just kept on calling them the opposition. So <laughs> <laughs> makes me wonder how many times he's fought someone he couldn't be bothered to learn their name. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, instead of calling Chara Chara, he called him the Bruins captain because he didn't know his name either. <laughs> and so, like, it was, it was hilarious. But it was, <laughs> That's why he didn't point out, like, who's the enforcer on this team? Oh, it's David Backus. No, he said, you're all enforcers. <laughs> this is like everyone. You can all fight. And then when there was actually a fight in the game, he was pumped. He was like, 
Oh my gosh. And I like that he didn't actually put the green jersey on either. He just like carried it in his hand wherever he went. It was kind of just like, yes, I, I mean, had this green jersey. That's a pretty defensible decision because fuck those. Jesus, even by St. Patrick's Day, Day jerseys, those were awful. Oh, and that's yeah, a low those standard. Are, <laughs> those were really bad. I just can't get on board with the green like plaid. Oh my gosh. Again, at least they didn't do the oh they they didn't Irishify everyone's name like they've done some years. Oh yeah, I enjoyed that part. Again, I do wish that had or, or Rob O'Gara actually been an initial caliber player, that he someday would have had been wearing a jersey that said O O'Gara. <laughs> <laughs> Is he like buried in the Rangers organization? Yeah, because he's you know not good. Okay, well that's <laughs> sad. And we're gonna move on to this week. Zidane Chara turned 42 years old. Now, we all know that 42 is a special number here. It is. It is. We love it. And it, I think it's just amazing that he continues to play at a high level at 42. Emily Benjamin, this week, wrote an article about Zidane Chara, released it on his birthday on NHL.com, and Zidane Chara is not ready to retire yet. Nope, he's just, uh, he's like, I got I got more in me. Everything we know about Char doesn't surprise me about that either, right? Nope. There's a lot of that article focused on, you know, he talked to, to Nick Lindstrom, he talked to, to Yarmir Yager, he talked to Mark Recchi. It's like, how did you guys know? Never mind the fact that Yager hasn't actually retired, he's just not currently playing. And he's also not actually playing this year, but he hasn't retired. I don't really understand what's going on, he's just doing Yager things. <laughs> There's a lot of dick wizardry that needed being, doing, being done this year, I guess. Hey, the next crop of babies needs to be born. He's just inseminating the entirety of the Czech Republic, and then he'll retire. <laughs> well, you don't have to retire from that. You can keep doing that until the day you die if you're a man. This is true. So anyway. But maybe if he retires, he loses his dick wizardry powers, like the time-traveling part, anyway. Oh, right. Okay, that makes sense. I get it. Yep, totally makes sense. Yeah, so he spoke to all these different players, former players, and they all basically said... It's basically the drive to want to train and do it all again because it's a cycle. Yeah, Lindstrom told him it's an off-season issue. In-season wasn't a problem. He was saying it was in the off-season. It was really hard to get it to get up in the morning and keep doing it. Yep. And actually, he's actually Lindstrom said that when he announced his retirement. Yep. That part wasn't news, but hearing the same thing from Recky, which was interesting. Actually, there was a nice tidbit in there that Recky had decided way before the playoffs that that was his last season. Which stands in contrast to other things that I've seen since that play, since that cup win, that had suggested like Recky might have considered coming back had the Bruins actually asked him. But I always had a suspicion that was horseshit. <laughs> yeah, well, he also said that towards the end of the season he was just really feeling it. Yeah, that's why I said earlier maintenance days are important. And that was another thing Zdeno Chara said. I don't want to be sat. I don't want to sit out games, but basically for me, maintenance days are very important so that I can feel fresher for the playoffs. And that's by, by and large, that's what Cassidy's doing. All the practices and the pregame skates, they're all pretty much optional now. You know, guys might come in for meetings, but that's different things. Yeah. And, and to do the workout stuff that they have to do. But what are you going to learn from practice at this point in the season? And that's that's Chara's point. What are you going to learn? Well, that's I've already, well that, he's not expected to do offensive stuff. So set plays aren't really a part of what he does anymore, too. Yeah. Like, if, you, if you're still playing on the power play, yeah, you need, you need to be able to work through set plays and stuff. But if you're no longer doing power play minutes like Chara is, and everything you do is, almost everything you do is reactionary rather than, and proactive, which as he's a defensive defenseman now, it's it's all reactionary. Yeah, you don't you don't need to worry necessarily about that kind of routine. Right. Yeah, it, it's really important to notice uh, to note that last night during that penalty kill that led to Jake DeBrusque's goal, Carlo and Chara were on it for almost the full two minutes together. Yeah, he, his role has changed. He's going to play more short-handed time, but he's not going to play as much as he used to, and his minutes are are down. But, but his minutes are as hard, if not harder, than they've always are as hard as they've always been. There's just less of them, and it's mainly and it's mainly been through power play attrition, I think. Right. So so basically, yeah, he's going to be out there for the big things that he needs to be out there for, but he's not going to be doing 25 minutes a night right now, and that's fine. He doesn't have a problem with that. He's going to rise to the occasion when he needs to. And I think the really other interesting thing about that article was that uh, not only does he not want to retire. It doesn't sound like he wants to retire with another team. 
No, I don't, and I and that doesn't surprise me. I'm, I'm of the view that um, as long as he wants to play, the Bruins, he and the Bruins will find a way to get him onto the Bruins. And that's essentially what they said. So what I'm wondering is that is that how soon do we start seeing his contract, the dollar values on his contract being real low? You know, this year they still compensated him pretty generously. Mm-hmm. I mean, just remember his his cap hits was actually less than he's being paid because he got a bun- he got performance bonuses that were like based on like games played. Mm-hmm. And that's not rolling over because they kept the cap low, partly because the the mojo um, uh, salary retention and all that, right? So, you know, I'm I'm wondering when we're going to start seeing how many more years we'll start seeing him on, like maybe not league min, but like under two million. Is it a, he's worth more than that? Don't get me wrong, but recognizing that McAvoy and Carlo this summer probably account for ten million right there, right? Yep. And you gotta you gotta re, you gotta you gotta re up Heinen. It's going to be cheaper than he probably would have been if they they extended him last summer. So that's you know that's working out. But it'll be interesting to see what his contract's going forward. But I'm willing to bet he's going to play as long he and the as long as he wants to play, the Bruins will find a way to make it happen. I don't understand all this stuff necessarily, so I might be very naive with this number. But I was thinking three, three for next year. I think would be appropriate. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Now Matt Callum yeah. was suggesting giving him two years at three million. I'm like. I love Chara, and I'm reasonably confident he'd be able to play two more years, but do you really want to be stuck with that? I don't think that Chara wants the pressure of a two-year deal. I, I yeah, don't think I, so. Either. I know the Red Sox did this with Tim Wakefield. They just did perpetual one-year deals um, that they kept signing him to until he was ready to retire. I would just see if Chara wants to do that. Just well, do the perpetual one-year deal, and then when he's ready to retire, he'll retire. That's what the Bruins did with Recky. They traded for him and then extended him for one-year deals twice. The last four contracts, I think, or whatever, of Nick Lindstrom's career, okay, the number might be wrong there, but like the last several years were all one-year deals. Same with same with Solani, same with, well, actually, no, had had that two-year deal from the Devils, but other than that. <laughs> you don't want to put too much pressure on yourself to keep going at such a high level and you also don't want to let your team down right so basically you're betting on yourself every year yeah plus it gives you the flexibility to make that decision because you know if you take that two year and then after the first year you're like you know what i've done if you retire you're fucking your team over because it's an over 35 contract which means if you retire the entire cap it stays on the um, it stays on the cap it doesn't go away Right. As far as I'm concerned, he can play as long as he wants, and I think the smart thing is to do year to year. So. Well, that's just it, and he's not gonna, you know, overshoot, right? He's not gonna play one year too long, like 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 Solani did, or or like or a more dramatic example would be Chris Chelios playing one year too long. Although Chris Chelios played for, well, let's just say children born after him died of old age before he retired. But um. <laughs> <laughs> But the, his last year, he ended up like splitting it between Atlanta and Atlanta's AHL affiliate. Ugh. It's not a good way to end a Hall of Fame career, right? Granted, he was like 48 or something like that. But that's yeah, that's you don't want to go too long. Like I know that Tom Brady keeps talking about playing until he's 45, but I, for the love of God, I hope he doesn't. Well, why would you do that, Rick? Why do why when you're that good a player? There's nothing to apart from okay, a couple more million dollars in that last year. Fine, but like at that point, it's your legacy you're playing for. Nothing else. Why on earth would you want to go out being a sh- being a hollow shell of your former self? Right, right, exactly. Like uh, Joe Montana played probably two or three years too long, and that does affect his legacy in the respect that people don't look at him the same way that they did because. Our- is another good example of someone that played way longer than they ought to have. <laughs> yeah, I think Chara's got a good head on his shoulders, and he's not doing it for glory. He's doing it. Hey, he would love to win another cup, yes, and, but he thinks that he he's out to prove something not to everybody else, but to himself. I think that's the the takeaway because his dad his dad wants him to score that two hundredth goal like this season before the playoffs. Yeah. You know, because it won't count in the playoffs, not in the same way anyway. So. Uh, so he's like, uh, yeah, he's got to prove something to his dad, but he's, he, you know, Char is all about proving stuff to himself. So, yeah, there you uh, go. Out of the, at the risk of, of, of jinxing things, hypothetically, were the Bruins to win the cup this year, do you think that would change his math at all? Honestly, I don't. I just don't think it would, because beyond proving things to himself, I feel like Char just genuinely loves 
not only hockey, but the preparation side of it. I mean, we, we've talked about how he keeps journals of all his workouts. Is <laughs> Going back um, to when eating, he was 13. <laughs> yeah, going back to his and its eating routine, his workout. Like He keeps this all tracked, and he in, genuinely enjoys doing it. And I think that's one of the major reasons why he's continuing on. And I think that even if they win the Cup, that joy is not going to obviously leave. And I think he'll still have that drive to continue to play. Uh, yeah. And another thing I think is that he just doesn't sound like he's ready to go, to go away. Even if he wins a cup in June or if it's next season, if he wins a cup, he just, at this point, it doesn't sound like he's ready to give up that aspect of his life because think about it. It would be a tremendous hole in his life if he still wanted to play, but he decided to stop playing. Whereas like the other players, it wasn't a hole in their life anymore. It was, I mean, there's a hole, obviously, but it, they're just like, I just can't get it going. And I just, uh, I think it's just time to, to stop. Chara does not sound anything like that. Yeah, I don't get the vibe at all from him that he's getting, that he's at the stage where it's like, yeah, it takes longer to recover after workout. I don't, I don't get the impression that's the case at all with him somehow. <laughs> no, no. Like, but it's because he's made so many adjustments and he, he yeah. says that the adjustments that he makes, he thinks are correct. So basically, you know, he adjusted his diet and he adjusted his training regimen and, you know, he keeps track of Skating style and yeah. <laughs> what I find really amusing was, uh, you know, they got him a cake for his birthday and he said, I'll eat some of it just to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. And yeah, I th- I think the other thing with Charles, like people know their body, but I think more so than anyone, he knows exactly like what his body can do, how long it's going to take to recover, just because of so much time and effort he puts into it. Oh, um, again, that's, that's an underrated that. part of his record, of his record keeping, right? Is that he rec- records how he's felt after every single workout he's done. Like what hurt, what didn't, what was sore, how long it took to stop to stop hurting or, or stop being sore. It's like he's like um, he's Wesley and uh, the Count all in one person. Count whatever his name was. I can't remember his name. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, a, please be honest. This is for posterity. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. He's like both of those those characters wrapped into one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know when when uh, prince humperdinck came in and he just royally screwed it by you know just going full throttle on that machine and making wesley mostly dead that that sucked because posterity just didn't learn a lesson it did not so here's my question here are my questions about zidane Chara. one We've established that he would like to play next season. We all agree that he wants to, and the Bruins will probably find a way. They will find a way to do this. There's kind of an agreement, a gentleman's agreement about this, apparently. Will he give up the C? Absolutely not. Why should he? No. Okay. I love Bergie. Bergie deserves to be a captain, but this is Chara's team, you know? Yep. Um, Bergie was already here, but like it was the Chara signing that turned everything around from the, the calamity from, from, from the post canceled season uh, calamity, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone says that he is the unambiguously the best free agent signing of the cap era, and will probably stay that way forever. Take that, John Tavares. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> And, like, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, Bergie's a humble guy. Does he really need that kind of that, that recognition? I don't think so. And when I see people suggesting such, I'm like, have you guys been paying attention at all? No, he, he doesn't. He's very, he's very aware and assured of his place in the Bruins organization, in Bruins history, in, in this team. He doesn't need to have the C on there if he wears the A proudly. It's like they both know they're going to be in the Raptors one day. Yeah. Other than that, what the hell matters? Yeah. So it's it's fine. You know, I just, it, it, hey, look, I'm exploring all sides of this. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that he will drop down in the pairings or his role will be a little bit reduced on the ice? I would say that would depend on whether any of our other left D establish themselves as a first line, as a first pairing left D. Now, obviously, the team's plan is for McAvoy, Vakanainen to be a to be a future first pairing. 
Okay. I don't think Chara becomes a second pairing lefty next season, but I bet Bakanana makes the team next year. Oh my god, I would just love to see Carlo and Chara again. Oh. I mean, they're they're shut down basically. They're they're defensive defensemen, but man. Mm. I mean, like the only downside, and it's not really a downside, with the longer Chara stays, it is we have a lot of we have several very quite good left defense um, uh, prospects, right? The longer Chara stays with the team, the more it hurts Jeremy Lozon, specifically. Mm. And I'm not, that's not necessarily a bad thing because Lozon will never be half the player that Chara is still now. And yeah. I like Jeremy Lozon and his game a lot. That's just a raw statement of fact. Okay, I, like I said, I'm exploring all sides of this, right? Yeah, yes, exactly. Right? I'm, I'm just saying, it's like, that is a downside that's not really a downside. That's all, that's all I'm saying there. And honestly, though, even with that, during training camps and things like that, having someone like Chara to for a player like Lozon to like learn under and things like that, even if he's playing in Province, still goes through all the training camp at the beginning of the season and all that. Someone and it's someone to like try to look up to and pair your game after. Having Chara in the organization, I still think will help in the long run. Rather than not, even if it takes a spot away from him right now. Well, and like it's not like like there, there's 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 places opening, right? There's only one more year on on Krug and Miller's contract, and as much as it'll kill me, there's no scenario either of them gets re-signed in Boston. Miller because he's going to be unnecessary. Krug because the Bruins aren't going to be able to fucking afford him. Yeah, no. You can't pay now, mind you, everyone that's saying, "Oh, they should trade him a year out before losing him." No, no, they shouldn't. They should try to make a run next year as well with Krug still on the roster. Is how they should do that. But anyway, that's another debate. That's a different debate for another time. But it's like if you're a contender, of course you lose players for nothing. That's how that goes when you're a contender. It's shit teams that are supposed to trade that are supposed to trade their guys who are expiring. Right. And if you've done a good job. With your system coming up, you'll have someone who'll be able to take over. Well, I mean, That's, Bruins don't have anyone that'll be likely to replace Krug and what Krug does. McAvoy's the closest, and it's 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 night. They're, 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 and their offensive games are still night and day. But again, different different debate for another time. All right. One final thing I wanted to talk about was Brad Marchand owning Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> oh, oh gosh, Jack Dorsey just needs to sign Twitter ownership 100% over to Brad Marchand. Not to mention because Brad would actually ban Nazis, unlike Jack Dorsey. Yeah, Brad doesn't tolerate <laughs> that shit. First of all, we want to congratulate Marshy for being voted both the best and worst trash talker out there. Congratulations. <laughs> and he owned that. He said, feeling so honored right now. All those years of hard work has paid off. Want to thank everyone who has supported me in this journey to best and worst trash talker and all my work colleagues around the NHL couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> <laughs> but like last night after the game, he just went crazy too on on Twitter, right? Like you know, he usually usually it's just been the ongoing Twitter um, chirping t- war between him and Krug. But first, Ty Anderson tweeted, "It's like fighting Charles, like fighting a tree." After the the, the Matt Martin fight. <laughs> Marshawn quote tweets this with um uh, saying basically Char is Groot. Yeah, but but he didn't say it. He was Groot. Yeah, because then it got twisted into he's Thanos or something. <laughs> yeah, it was Jake Jake rustled in there and didn't really stick the landing, but he tried. <laughs> Prompted a conversation with us where we were. I'm like, no, Char is Groot. He's so Groot because Groot is the gentle giant until he has to not be the gentle giant. And possibly the most powerful in general of the Guardians to begin with, too. <laughs> right. And and while he's maybe not the most intellectual, he does have his moments where he, he does say something. So that's the only fallacy there. But, I mean, just on general physical characteristics, we're just going to call Chara Groot, and it works. So, yeah, so then we got to thinking about it, and it was just like, oh, my God. Uh, well, you said, well, Brad's got to be Rocket. Yeah, he's just, 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 he's small and an asshole. <laughs> yep, and then you uh, you said that Bergy was Gamora. I, I, I stand by that, because he's, he's just too good for these idiots, and generally speaking, so is Gamora. <laughs> yep, yep, that's true. I And I'll be honest with you, I haven't thought too much about the other ones, because, like... Kind of feel like Pasta's Star-Lord. Star 
It's not perfect, but I don't really have a great match otherwise. Jake DeBrusque? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that Krejci is, is Drax. <laughs> I was going to go with Achari, but yeah, you got a point. <laughs> okay, maybe if you put them both together in the Drax. <laughs> the average of David Krejci and Noel Achari is Drax. <laughs> 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 yeah, because he is Drax the Destroyer, and he is big and bulky, and yeah. <laughs> Mantis. Heinen? Maybe Grizz? Heinen, I think. Okay. Sure. I have no idea what any of this is, so... <laughs> I thought you watched Guardians You had a homework assignment ages ago to watch these movies, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know the characters enough to, like, actually compare them to certain players. Okay. All right. Well, see... This is our celebration of the fact that James Gunn is coming back for Guardians 3. Thank fuck, because Guardians 3 without James Gunn probably would have been bad. <laughs> not just not great, but bad. <laughs> we have been silently fretting this for several months because he got fired because of some provocative and distasteful, provocative and distasteful tweets that he put out when he was a much younger director. And he was working for Troma, so it was literally his job to tweet ob- objectionable things. Right. And he's known lately for owning the uh, the conservatives, uh, the Trumpsters, what have you. So, and the alt-right. So basically, they, they basically expose these old tweets because that's what they do. And then he got fired. So we're just happy that he's back. So we'll think about this a little bit more fully. But Let's get back to Brad Marsh and owning everything. The, on St. Patty's Day, he tweeted out, Krug is a leprechaun, and it was brilliant. Oh, it was perfect. And speaking of leprechaun beards, <laughs> he then pivoted last night into chirping Posternock's beard, Posternock's shitty beard. Oh, man, did he ever. <laughs> <laughs> but then Pasta gave it back. I'm so happy about yep. that. But then he just fired back and was like, well, Lloyd Christmas did a gap. It did, did, did the chip's tooth better than you. It's like, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> they are on but, the road and they are bored and probably sitting right next to each other doing all this. <laughs> Pasta go- coming back with the, um, with doing the weights and rolling it over his face, but saying Martian wouldn't be able to do that. Because the nose was really good. And then the other one where he was like, when you want to play with your friends, but your nose is too big or something like that. When you, when you want to play hide and seek with your friends, but your nose is too big to see them or to hide <laughs> from them or something. Yes, that was that was brilliant because it was a it was a caricature of Brad Marchand with the huge honking nose. And they even got the shield, the visor in that. Oh, they're just having a fucking time making fun of one another is what they're doing. And it's great. Yep. As this team is fucking feeling it. And you can tell it by the way they're interacting with one another. And you know what? If this team does go the distance and when they start asking about what it is, I bet a lot of them are going to be talking about Brad getting them to do dumb shit like this. <laughs> I, I wanted to point out that uh, Billy Jaffe put out a tweet the other day where he was comparing Brad Marchand in 20 game stretches this year, what his point production was and his penalty minutes. And basically you saw a steep decline in his penalty minutes while maintaining the same amount of production, which is great because we worry if the two of them are linked in some ways. And then, you know, the last 10 game stretch and his basically projecting for the same points and low A one-to-one ratio for one of the first times in his career. Right, (laughs) right. So I retweeted that and I said, you know, Brad's penalty minutes are decreasing because he owns Twitter and Instagram now. Good job on the points, Brad. (laughs) And Billy Jaffe liked that tweet. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Brad actually like quote tweeted that saying something. So you're saying I'm on pace for this many points. Thank you, Captain Obvious, Obvious. But he deleted the tweet, and someone asked him, they're like, why did you delete this? He's like, I spelled your wrong. Hey! <laughs> yeah. I can respect that. I can respect that. I'm kind of liking this 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 active Twitter ridiculous Twitter Brad, and I wonder if this is this is what he decided how he decided to channel his Bradness after he got a talking to after the whole licking thing. I think it very well could be. It's like how can I be a shithead without being a detriment occasionally? <laughs> yeah, go to Twitter, 
Seriously, in the last few weeks, he has trolled the Maple Leafs and made them really, uh, and made their fans really believe that he was colluding <laughs> to get the price up on Marner. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Leafs fans. He, he trolls the shit out of Tory Krug all the time, who gives it back. Now he's turning his attention to, to Pasternak. I mean, it's just like, I, I can't complain about it. Like, this is fine. Uh, he's developing a hobby. He's got a new hobby. It's, it's, it's not Instagram, I'm sorry. His new hobby is Photoshop. And that's great. It's good to have that hobby. Yeah. Be creative. <laughs> be, and actually, this is probably better because he can be more creative about this heel side of him. You know what's going to be great is when Brad retires, you know he's going to be on TV. He's going to be a media personality. And he's going to drive so many, so many people absolutely insane all the time. It's going to be great. Oh, my God. Oh, it's going to be the best. Would you pay to see a show with him and P.K. Subban? Yes. Hard yes. Okay. I hope it happens. That would be great. Also, with Brad, outside of the Twitter stuff, He's got 87 points this year right now. He's got an outside shot at 100. Wow. Like, he's projected for 98, so he's pretty close to that 100-point projection. He could actually get 100 points. And I mean, He's going to have to go on an absolute time? marathon for these last nine games, but no Bruins I mean, got 100 points since Savard. Boom. That would be insane. Bergie hit 800 points this week, and Brad, he's a what? Another 30-goal scorer? Yeah. Yep, yep. He's in the, he, he, broke, he broke 30 for the fourth straight season. Nice. Uh, and, you know, he had enough other seasons that were super close, too, right? You know, 11-12, he had 28 goals in 76 games. So had he played a full 82, he, would have probably, he probably would have broken 30 all the way back then. 12-13, he had 18, but it was only in 45 because it was the short season. Yeah, you know, if he keeps producing like this, I want him to be the the king of all social media. Do it, Brad. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) I want him to be, you know, I mean, it seems that hockey media decides they need one ridiculous person on every panel. I want him to be the ridiculous person on every panel because, you know what, I'm kind of tired of the uh, crusty old asshole, um, uh, crusty old man, ridiculous individual. Like, think about how much better panel with a with a, with a retired Brad Marchand will be than anything with Don Cherry or Brian or, or Brian Burke or Milbury. I I I think that you got to get the younger players in more yeah, because I don't I don't have anything I don't have anything for Don Cherry. I don't have anything for Brian Burke. I'm not interested in their opinions, the thing, because their opinions tend to be really bad. Right. Um, <laughs> but the players that I actually have grown up watching which is five years now. <laughs> I'm more interested in seeing them on, on tele- telecasts, I, you know. Or like Kevin Weeks. I, I know who he is now, not because he played, but because I've seen him everywhere. <laughs> He's middle-aged. It's fine. I can't wait till Roberto Luongo retires. Oh, man. Please put him somewhere. Let him be funny. Really. Yes. Oh, yeah. Let, let, let Luongo just, just be the Wongo. I also kind of wanted to retire before the end of his contract because it would fuck up. The, it would fuck up the Canucks something fierce through the recapture mm. penalty because he signed that contract with them and only played the expensive years with them. <laughs> Which means if he retired this off season, for example, the Canucks would be so fucked. <laughs> oh man! It's sort of like if Shea Weber retires early on his career, the Habs will probably actually do okay. Um, whereas Nashville would have like a almost indescribably large cap penalty. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I I, I feel very differently about the, the Preds this year because of all the Austin Watson thing, and then compounding it with the the Mike Ribeiro stuff from the past. And they don't get people the best character there. Most of their guys are fine, but they get some real bad eggs. Yeah, I still love certain players on the Preds, but I'm not as up on them as I I used to be. At least, at least their defense seems to be universally upstanding citizens. Yep, their defense is awesome, and I love them. So there you go. All right, I think we've got pretty much everything out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You're the one with the list. Yeah, we got it all done. I'm pretty sure uh, we got that page. Uh, yeah, the only thing I have on my list is the upcoming games, which I'm not reading. 
Okay. Okay. So Bruins and the coming uh, bit stretch. We're down. We're down to the, the the wire here. Only nine games left of the season, with a reasonably tightly packed schedule. And of course, uh, in starting off to tomorrow night, that would be March twenty first with the New Jersey Devils in New Jersey, seven p.m. Um, I'm sure that team game will probably be a route because the New Jersey Devils are still playing a team consist entirely of guys that make you say who. <laughs> <laughs> It looked like you played too many seasons into the future on any on uh, NHL whatever year it is you're playing now. I also and, saw that that's Connor Clifton, a homecoming for him. Oh, he's from he's, he's from New Jersey. Yes. I did not know that. I didn't either. I just saw a tweet like literally like five minutes ago saying that a story on from the Bruins saying uh, Clifton said it's always fun to come home and play in front of family and friends. Nice. Um, they follow that up on Saturday. That's uh, March 20, 23rd. The game at Florida against the Panthers, 7 p.m. Eastern time. You get to uh, pay a visit to, to old friend um, uh, Frank Vetrano, who's been having a quite good se- having quietly a quite good season. Good for him. Talent was always there. It just wasn't working in Boston. It's what it is. And then follow that up next Monday. It's the 25th at Tampa Bay at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Mm. I mean, they got to play. And they have to play them one more time after that, of course. It's the last game of the season when we play them again for the last time. Because, of course, they do. But it's at home, so... And it was a scheduled last game of the season this time around. Ooh, true. Last year, that was a reschedule after after a game was canceled for weather in early January. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was flooded. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Causeway yeah, flooding. Was... Yeah, the, yeah, the dumpster going down Causeway Street. <laughs> yeah, it was literally flooded. It was... Oh, God, it was... Yeah, we... We had some really bad weather last year, so... Okay, yep. Um, followed up next Wednesday. It's one week from today. Um, March 27th, at home, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, which... Oh, that means it's a NBC game, doesn't it? Against oh. the New York Rangers, because that's absolutely a game people want to see on national TV right now. The end-of-season 18-19 New York Rangers. I gotta tell you, I don't want to see that game. <laughs> and I'm a fan <laughs> of one of the teams. Yeah, it's sort of like New Jersey tomorrow. It's a lot of guys that make you say who. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, New Jersey, New Jersey is made up. They're actually made up players, but you know. Well, it's because um, Taylor Hall is out. What happened to him? I don't know, but like also like his year's been out and stuff too. Mm. Oh well. Like the only player they have that you've ever heard of that's actually been like dressing of late, some um, Kyle Palmieri. But anyway. Hey, yeah, he comes up and plays in the, the Foxborough Pro League, and he wears a Florida Everblades helmet. Let's see. I did, I, is he from the Boston area? Oh, no, he went to school in Boston, didn't he? That's what it is. Something like that, but he's always up for the Pro League. And at first, I didn't think it was him, but it's totally him. Yeah. The Pro League's fun. Anyway. Nice. And then, finally, a two-day off break, which, of course, there's not a lot of those this month. And they play... Florida for the second Saturday, second Saturday in a row on the thirtieth. That one's a matinee game at one p.m. Eastern at home against the Panthers again. Yep. That is the first half of back-to-back game, closing out the month on the thirty-first against Detroit at seven thirty p.m. Eastern. How do they still have a game against Detroit? Oh my God! How is this Detroit still in the East? Make them go away again. I mean, not for the same reasons we wanted them not here in the first place, but like seriously, go away. Relegate them. <laughs> just, just, yes. Just, 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 and stop this whole, you know, it's like, oh, but Holland's still our GM. It's like, no, he's not. You guys know for a fact that as soon as your season's done and Iserman is, is officially free from the Tampa, he's going to be either the GM or the president. Come on. Let's just, let's just, let's just stop pretending, people. Come on. <laughs> His family still is up there. Yeah. His kids are going to school up there. This is the worst kept secret. This is one of the worst kept secrets in hockey history. Yep. I mean, there are people... National people who think he who think he's going to go to Seattle, but I don't think so. Oh, they're just they're just trying to create suspense. I mean, I understand why, but it's like because it's boring to say it's like, well, we're still waiting for uh, his contract to actually expire in Tampa and for Holland to quietly be disappeared. Um, so that's the rest of March there, and I think we'll record somewhere before they before April games happen. So I'll, I'll stop there. That sounds fine. Okay. <laughs> I am. Dying for the playoffs. That is Nine all more. I care about. Nine I, more. I, We're almost there. I am dying. Dying. 
I playoff hockey is so exciting. Ah, and March regular season hockey is just soul killing. <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> just give me the playoffs now. And and this is me being good. <laughs> All right, before I guffaw like a jackass or something, why don't you tell us? How people can reach us. Okay, well, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you like us, rate us a bunch of stars, write a review, tell your friends, do whatever it takes. More people listen the longer we keep doing this. So if you like us, that's in your best interest to make sure more people know about us. You can also talk to us um, either on Twitter at Barely On Topic Podcast. Nope, at Barely On Topic. I'm getting ahead of myself. Or on Facebook, at Barely On Topic Podcast. And of course, on our individual Twitter accounts, I am at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. <laughs> and I am at uh, VA's Heartthrob Trifecta com. Also known as at VA from RI. Uh, I didn't say this earlier, so I have to put this in. Ben was calling last night when Corrali scored and then Achari scored. He was hoping, we were all hoping that, that Carlo would score because then, as he put it, it would be VA's heartthrob trifecta. That's what we would call that. So that's the joke. So you're getting the joke after the thing. So I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, I agree with that. I wish that could have happened. That would It could still happen. There are nine games to go. And, and hopefully a large number of playoff games. Right, right. So more. There's more games that that heartthrob trifecta can happen. Oh, no. One more thing. When I type in ACC into my phone, it automatically wants to complete it as a Chari. There you go. Fucking A. I know. It's it's really impressive. <laughs> okay, Tim, play us out. <laughs> Word. <laughs>